Hello and welcome to the B2B Sales Playbook, brought to you by Lead Forensics. I am your host, Joe Ducaro. In this podcast, I pick the brains of industry experts, innovators and sales leaders to draw up a series of playbooks for you to take away and run with. For this, the Getting the Sales Job You Want playbook, I was joined by Nicole Connors, VP of Performance at Darktrace. Nicole has an extremely strong background in recruitment and HR, so she's no stranger to the place of not only finding the right sales job, but getting hired and progressing. Given the recent news of layoffs, particularly in tech companies right now, we thought we'd get our heads together and come up with plenty of tips for any of you who might have been affected by these layoffs, or even if you're just looking for a change. So please enjoy the B2B Sales Playbook on getting the sales job you want with Nicole Connors. Let's start off, just give this a bit of context. So you are VP of Performance at Darktrace, but as we were just discussing before we started recording, you were on day what of that career? Yeah, day two. <laughs> <laughs> so this, so getting a new job, everything like that's been forefront of your mind very recently then. Yeah, absolutely. I met a couple companies, decided where to go from there, and here we are, day two. Fantastic. My first question to you then, Nicole, is... <laughs> What are the top traits and the top skills that employers look for in a sales candidate, do you think? That's a really good question. I think that's something that people struggle with because when you're interviewing and you're looking for new opportunities, you want to make sure you're fitting the mold of people they'd hire at that company. Definitely be yourself, but you also want to be that hireable candidate and stand out. So when a hiring manager or the hiring team is looking at the AE or somebody to bring onto the role... We're looking for people that are intrinsically motivated. So what's going to keep pushing you to hit your goal? Your line managers, your directors, your EPs, they don't want to spend every day breathing down your neck, figuring out how to push you. Hopefully you're not moving into an environment of micromanagement. So they want to know how do you motivate yourself to hit those goals? And a lot of managers, we want to hear your money motivated because Why else are you in sales? Like you got to like that cash. You got to want to build that. And then you're going to look for people who want to learn, who take it upon themselves. I've heard it time and time again. I've been in the environments where there's not a lot of training. There's not a lot of structure. How are you going to take your career into your own hands to make a huge impact? doesn't have to be day one, but day five, 30, 60, 90. What are you doing to keep your career on track? to keep growing. That's also the people that we look to promote internally. How are you going to step up and make sure you're handling your own career? Top things, your motivation, is it intrinsic? Are you looking for making a lot of money? Are you going to take your career in your own hands? Are you a go-getter? Are you somebody that's going to run with it? And then two, I think it's attitude, right? I want somebody coachable. Can I come to you with feedback, whether that be positive or constructive? And are you going to take that and implement those changes? So I think that's probably the top three things that managers are looking for when they're making decisions. Yeah. Someone once said to me, actually, an employer once said to me that you can't teach attitude, your skills and the techniques, all the things you need to do the job. You can teach all of those things. What you can't teach is bringing an attitude to it. So we said autonomy, someone who's autodidactic, that sort of thing. So being able to prove that you are that sort of person to them right off the bat is critical. Yeah. Agreed. And I mean, You don't have to know everything. Nobody knows everything. You don't know what you don't know, but are you going to go ask questions if you don't know something? I guess maybe some managers are like this, but I love it when people walk in and they're like, hey, I don't know how to do this. Can you show me or can you help me figure out where to go? And, you know, when you're taking it into your own hands, you're building a tool 
chest or tool belt, right? To then use in the future. Somebody's not handing it to you and saying, okay, this is all you need. And you just stick with that. When you go out and you actively seek information, you then are taking that info to build upon for your future. Obviously, at the, the time of recording and the time that this episode will be going out, there's obviously been a lot of layoffs, particularly at big tech companies and that sort of thing. So obviously, it's going to be difficult to be able to say, okay, here's how to hunt for the ideal job that you would want to begin your career in. If someone listens to this might have just been laid off this past week and is looking for sort of anything how can they filter without panicking and go oh, i need a job to go anywhere how can they stay level-headed and find the appropriate companies that they want to work for yeah i think everyone or at least i hope everyone has that dream in mind where they want to be with their career so i would say start there make your ideal list if this was a dream environment you could have your pick of your top 10 write those down, but also look and analyze what is similar about those. And you can even go into LinkedIn. I highly encourage doing your own research and seeing what do those people at those companies have? Because I need to look like that on paper and emulate that to get hired there. So Hmm. going in, do your research, make your ideal top 10, figure out what is it about those companies that people have How do I look like that? How do I portray myself as that? But then two, being realistic in the environment we're in where you're competing against thousands and thousands and thousands of other people in the same spot. One, make your resume stand out, but two, don't settle for just anything. It's also an interview where you're interviewing the company. They're interviewing you. It's gotta be a really good fit. And I don't think people should settle. You're only gonna make yourself miserable. Sure, it's a paycheck, but what are you giving up for that paycheck? So just really thinking about it and having your top qualities list those out. This is what I have to have in a company for culture. What's important to you? Right now we're living in a world where a lot of the big companies, you have to either be in office or hybrid. Can you do that or do you have to be remote? So Have your core things that are things you won't settle on. Have your things that you're flexible with and then have your dream. If it checks a couple of your dream and a couple of the things that you're maybe on, you'll just have to look and see if you can compromise on it and move forward. But I I definitely don't think settling is the way to go right now. You're only going to be miserable. You'll make the company miserable. You might burn a few bridges and have some bad blood and be dying to get out. And settling leads to settling. If you're dying to get out here, you're going to take and settle for your next place because then you're just going to hop. So just being a little smart about it, making lists. Yeah, do you know, it's funny you mention about settling for a job. So last year, before I started with Lead Forensics, I was made redundant and I'd gotten to the point where I'd spent enough time unemployed that I was like, I am just going to have to settle. It was tempting to compromise. But actually, having held out and knowing I wanted a job in video making, podcasting, anything like that, yeah, It did work out, which is, I'm obviously extremely fortunate that, that yeah. happened. But something you mentioned in your answer to my previous question, Nicole, you mentioned a resume. This is something that I've struggled with personally in the past. How do you make a resume stand out amongst an employer's potentially sifting through tens, 50, 100 of these things? How do you make yours really stand out? Yeah, so I'm going to use my background in recruiting and HR for this one. You got to think about where you want to be. And again, research those people. I help a lot of different people with their resumes at all different levels of their career. You know, people I've worked with and met along my way. And what I tell them is, what do you actually want to do? Whether it's your passion or something you're striving towards. And you have to build your resume to be that person. And 
I know a lot of us, when we worked in an office, I'm sure there was somebody senior on your team or high up in the company that you just admired. What was it about those people that you admired? Was it their credentials? Were they part of like a membership group that you just thought was so cool? What opened the doors for them? Because that you can follow, right? Learn from the people, learn from what they're doing. And and like I said, you could go in and look at people's LinkedIn's. Like that's not restricted by any means. See what words you like on their resumes or their LinkedIn profiles. Start researching the jobs that you have an interest in. And even if you don't have an interest in, what is it about that other job? Can you pull something from that job? Or are you then interested in that job? I think we have so much information disposable to us at our fingertips. Start using it, start digging in, and then really take it into your own hands. And for me, like I was telling you earlier, I really wanted to transition into more of a coaching role, enablement role. And I knew with my resume being super sales focused, heavy quota attainment, all of that, I did have building teams. I had the processes. I had all those other things that might get hidden under the quota attainment pieces. So what I did, I joined a membership group. I'm part of Pavilion. I put my hand up there and I'm an envoy leader now for the core group. So what can you do to build your resume to make you stand out from people that are also applying? And I think a lot of it's going above and beyond. What else can you do to diversify? If you couldn't do it in your current role, can you do it outside of your current role? Are there classes that you can get certifications on? Even I know LinkedIn offers certs and stuff like that. So I think it's, where do you want to be? What do they have? How do I get something similar? How do I build myself to look like I'm a standout candidate? And then with the resume, you have to embody that too. If they, if I interview somebody with an amazing resume and I'm so excited, you've built the hype. Now you just got to live up to it through practicing and being able to speak to what you've done. And of course, all of these things take trial and error and, and practicing. When you think of, okay, that's definitely the best resume I've ever seen. What did that look like? So very easy to follow, looks nice, right? Visually appealing, no grammar mistakes, one or two, okay, fine. But it really needs to look like you spent time, effort, energy. If you've got little links to your LinkedIn, because I am always trying to look people up on LinkedIn too, see if they know anybody that I know. Who do you follow on LinkedIn? I think that's huge now. If you're following people who give really good sales advice that I follow too, I think that's important. But it's got to be very clearly laid out. It has to be visually appealing. I want to see your education. I want to see what you're a part of, even outside of work, whether that's volunteering or you're in a membership group or you do podcasts. What is it that you're doing that, you know, you love and you have a passion for your field and then showing your employment history really clearly as well. Love seeing promotions, love seeing data. If I get an AE resume through or an SDR resume through and you don't have any data listed, I don't really look. I, <laughs> I, every AE and SDR should know exactly what their goals are. What do you do on a daily basis? You got to list that stuff, like even your accomplishments. And I'm a big believer and I tell people that I mentor this, write your like how. So if you have 115 to goal, okay, what was your goal and how did you do that? Or let's say you did something miraculous that you want to list on your resume as a bullet. How did you do that? Because anyone can just write like 115 to goal. Show me more so I know you're not just writing that. Just something that, you know, for me personally, that having spoken to the people who hired me, got me the job, is that I sent them a video. Because I was like, I need to prove, A, I can 
edit and I've got the skills for the job. But also, regardless, if that wasn't the job, I think I probably would have done the same thing because they will always go, oh, do you remember that application that we got that came in on mm-hmm. a video link? You know, that, So that will always stick in their minds. Is it valuable to keep creative with even the format of a resume, do you think? For sure. I think it depends on what kind of company you're going to. Just because a lot of times I'm not past that hard, whatever came through, I usually just get a resume after that. But yeah, if you get creative with how you're coming in, I see a lot on LinkedIn, I'll get messages that are like, hello, I'm looking for a job. And that you're not going to get replies like that. If you do, it's probably not a company you want to be at. So yeah, get creative, but make sure it's valuable when you're coming in like you did, you edited, you showed, you could prove yourself. I have these skills that are going to make me an asset here. That's exactly what you want to show to the people that are reviewing your resume and your profile and all of that. So let's assume that the application process has gone well, the employers liked what they've seen on the resume, and if you've sent in a cover letter, then they've read that and they've liked that as well. What are some tips for preparing for that sales job interview? What do you need to remember going into that meeting? I think first and foremost, you absolutely need to research the company. In the first five minutes, if I have a feel that you have no idea who we are and what we're doing here, then... Or when people say things like, oh, this is like my fifth interview this week. That's a turnoff for me as a hiring manager because it doesn't seem like you care. We're not like special to you. It's just another day in the life of the candidate. So as you're preparing research, figuring out who they are, what they do. I'm a huge proponent for researching on LinkedIn, other SDRs, AEs, or whatever role it is that you're looking to move into. Where did they come from? Research the values of the company. Do your values match? I think that's a huge piece because you you want your values to match, but then you also need to be able to speak to how your values match. So it's not just researching, writing notes and absorbing that info. It's figuring out how do I actually match what they're looking for on the job description? Do I match their values based on the other people there? Do I feel like I'd fit into the team? Do I feel like whatever they have listed, whether it's like X to goal or what their goals are or whatever, Do I feel like that's something I can move into? And then looking up your hiring managers, the panel, whoever you're meeting with, look at their backgrounds, do some research on them, where they've come from, what school they went to. Maybe you guys have a similarity there. And then preparing questions. One of my favorite questions that I ask that I think is pretty popular from historically people saying they like the question, feel free to steal it, is what brought you here and what keeps you here? So finding out what their motivations are, why did they initially like the company? Why do they stay here, especially if they have impressive tenure? And then you're going to find a ton out about the culture, the environment that you're coming into, and you're giving them the floor and they get to kind of talk about their passion and what they've done and what excites them and they light up, right? Preparing thoughtful questions, not just what am I going to do, right? You got to get a little more depth. Yeah, a considered question, perhaps a piece of advice that you know about employment that my dad gave me is, and he's worked in sales for X number of years. I won't say how old my dad is, just to save his, <laughs> his dignity. I use this in every single job interview I ever go into. He said a really good question to ask towards the end of an interview. Once you've gone through all the main points, and they say, "Have you got any questions for us at the end of the interview?" My dad always told me to say, "Is there anything I've said or anything I haven't said?" 
that makes you think I can't do this job? It's such a powerful question because it, A, the best result is they go, actually, you've pretty much covered everything so that you know they're confident in your abilities. Yeah. But if they do have a reservation, it gives you the opportunity to repost and go, okay, well, I see why that's a concern. Here's mm -hmm. what I've done previously that proves that that's not going to be a concern for you. So it's just filling all the gaps with, with any sort of uncertainties they might have. And then the second thing he says is always close the sale. So at the end of the very end of the interview, you go, thanks very much for your time. I would just like to make you aware that if you were to offer me the job, I would accept it. And he says, if you don't close the sale, you're not going to be offered that job. And yeah. do you know what? He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, that's awesome. The other thing too, I think a lot of people in interviews, whether they're nervous or whatever, um, when a hiring manager is kind of talking about the role, I think it's super important that in those pauses that you add in, okay, this is what you said. Oh, cool. Like I did this. I can start interjecting pieces like that because they might not directly ask you a question related to whatever it is they're talking about, but you can use that pause or that space to just politely pop in. Oh, that's really cool. I actually did something like that at this job and it led to this result. So I think like strategically using the pauses and the spaces and I love uh, your dad's points because like it puts the interviewer on the spot and mm. They're so used to having like their little, I say this, then I say this, then I have this. And not many people ask questions like that. They're definitely gutsy and it shows that you can kind of take control and say, I want this. I'm excited about this. And like you said, you can overcome any objections. Sales is all about overcoming objections. And if they have some, you have the floor. They're not going to go then sit and be like, oh, this, that, and it's going to fester. And then they're going to really get into it. And then all of a sudden you never hear from them again. Yeah, those are really good points. What are some common mistakes that people make when negotiating for a, a sales job offer? I've seen a lot of people go way too high on salary. If we're talking like the SDRAE level, I know salaries got a little bit inflated over COVID, but companies, especially big companies, you have your little salary matrix of this is where it starts, this is where it ends. And I've seen a lot of people just get overzealous with numbers. And I think too, especially at a big company, there's a lot more that goes into salary than just the base. You got to look at your comp package as far as like your OTE, your insurance, are they paying a hundred percent for that? Like, is there anything out of pocket? And there's other little things that you can negotiate too, not just your base. So I think people really need to sit down and look at it. And one thing I've learned through the years is if you give a range, so if they're asking you, what are you looking for compensation? Give a range because companies, a lot of the times they're not going to go to your bottom number. Doesn't look good. They're probably going to hit you right in the middle. So if you give a solid range, have your must have right in the middle there, and then you're golden and you won't necessarily need to negotiate a lot. It's striking a very delicate balance because a, you don't want to undersell yourself, but as you say, you don't want to oversell yourself. Is there a range that's too big, too small? Presumably you don't, you only want to be within few numbers. You don't want to be tens of thousands of dollars apart. Do you? So. No, no, you don't. And I've seen a lot of people where they don't want to talk salary at all until you get to an offer. And I think that hurts you. So you don't have to tell them what you're making for comp. Give them a range. They don't 
need to know if a job, let's say you're going into a role, it's a bigger role, bigger company, do your research. What do you think people make in that role? You can go on Glassdoor, look at the salary ranges for the job. There's so much information at our fingertips where you can be smart and strategically start playing. I think a lot of states, it's illegal for employers to ask you your current salary. I know in Illinois it is. Get smart, put your little strategy together, and then you're going to come out winning. So don't share what you're actually making. You can share your OTE, right? Because you're, if you're a great rep, your OTE should be pretty high, especially if you're overachieving your goal. And then you can say, look, here's what I'm looking for a new role. If I'm coming in as an AE here, especially if I have AE experience, my range is going to be 65 to 75,000. Let's say your goal is 70K base coming in as an AE. And then you can say my OTE expectations are 125 to 150. Then they understand they need to adjust the base based on their commission package to get you at or above that OTE that you want. So knowing your OTE is super important. Knowing the base that you need to get to that OTE is super important. And then you can play around that because a lot of states, it is illegal to ask current salary. Knowing what you want to be worth to that company, but then yeah. also not being afraid to have the conversation about money because, and this goes back to your earlier point of you need to show that you are money motivated because let's face it, it's sales, right? You have to be confident enough to go, this is what I think I'm worth. So this is what I expect to be paid. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, take salary. You gotta control it all. Take it into your own hands. If this is what you want, ask for it. Just like you ask for the job. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Be the CEO of your own chair. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Okay, so let's assume the the job interview's gone well. You've managed to get a role in sales. Mm -hmm. What questions do you need to be asking to further your development and promotions within the company at that point? Then I think this is probably quite a pertinent question for you at this point. Yeah, I think it depends. I think what you need to do is immerse yourself in that environment. You need to be a sponge. Your first 10, 20, 30 days, you are a sponge. You're there to learn and ask clarifying questions as you need them, right? If you're at a company that has a lot of sales material, review it. If something pops up as you're reviewing that you don't understand, do you have a team lead? Do you have a manager? Who do you have that you can go to? Is that the tech team starts sitting in on all of the demos, the calls, anything that you can kind of immerse yourself into the environment, definitely do that. And when you ask people to get on their calls, like that looks great. Like I love it when new people come in and they're like, Hey, can I sit in on this call? And I'm actually doing that now in my current role. Cause I know how can I coach and train you if I have no idea what you're selling or like what you're pitching. So getting in, and even if you're a leader coming into a company, you want to make sure you understand what your team is doing everyone's unique. How do you immerse yourself and get in? First 30 days, you're a sponge. Any questions you have, try and figure it out yourself first. If you can't, definitely ask questions. Use your one-on-one -on -one time with your manager to explain what you've learned this week, where you are in your progress and what you feel like you might be missing. I'm a big believer in you don't know what you don't know. So asking those open-ended questions, right? Salespeople, we should be really good at getting people to talk. So asking those questions to your boss to be like, Hey, this is what I'm picking up. Like, what else can I do? Or when I make an onboarding material, one of the questions that I have for asking around, it's who else do you think is important? And what do you think that I should get downloaded from them? So putting it on your managers, your bosses to help you make that 360 picture, I think that'll be widely beneficial. Again, it's 
taking control yourself, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. People can come to you. I think that's one thing I learned really early in my career is it's mine. My career is mine. If I don't do the things and put action to it, it'll never happen for me. Somebody's not just going to come and be like, there you go. They might. That'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) Like you did with your video editing, all of that. You earned it. You worked for it. People love seeing that. Nicole, this has been a really great conversation. So I want to thank you for coming on to the B2B sales playbook and having a chat with me. If there was one top tip that you want people who are listening to this podcast potentially this is for someone who has just been laid off in the big sort of tech layoffs that we're seeing at the minute what's the one top tip you would like to offer to them for getting the sales job that you want yeah so layoffs hard right stressful lots and lots of emotions i was laid off with covid so i totally get there i've been there i think reflecting on it it's just take time to to feel your feelings right Calm down, feel your feelings, express whatever you need to express, whether you're a runner, whatever it is to get that off of you, that hot energy, get the energy off, take your time and then sit down and really think about what you want. When I was laid off, I had some opportunities that were commission only, right? It was middle of COVID and I'm like, I don't really want that, but should I take it? And If you have that conflicting feeling, just wait. I was super, super glad I waited. I got a really cool opportunity with a startup that really changed my life, right? It set me on a different trajectory. And like you said, Joe, like you you never know what's coming. You never know what's next, what's going to pop around the corner. I'm super thankful I waited. I know you said you're super thankful you waited. So don't rush. Take your time. Think about what you want. And I think make that list, right? Because you're going to land somewhere. Companies are hiring. So take your time, think about it, practice, write down what you want, how you're going to get there, set a plan, and then put the plan to action. Nicole Connors, thank you so much for joining me for the B2B Sales Playbook. Thanks for having me. There we go then. That was Nicole Connors with the Getting the Sales Job You Want Playbook. Our key takeaways from today then. Do your research on any company you're interested in. Ensure that their values align with your own. After all, employment is a two-way street. Make your resume stand out. Show data, promotions, and don't be afraid to get creative with the format. Remember to go into an interview with a couple of killer questions at the ready. Again, you have to make sure that not only are you a good fit for the company, but that the company is a good fit for you. If you are in a gap in your career at the minute, be patient. The right opportunity will come along, so be flexible in what you expect from a job and what you're happy to compromise on. Thanks again to Nicole and thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your pods and leave a five-star rating where possible. We'll be back next week with another B2B sales playbook.